0: maybe the number one friend of the program it's steven brooks of 24 7 sports he is going to take us to church on all things of michigan state football let's go you are locked on spartans your daily podcast on the michigan state spartans part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Spartan friends, Spartan family, Lock on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Spartans. Your team in green and white, five days a week. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this, your podcast or YouTube channel. Do whatever makes you happy, really. I'm just saying, five-star reviews make us pretty happy. Um, today, we are joined by a very familiar face, very familiar voice. It is friend in real life, and it is great friend of the program. I swear, dude, if, if we... If we raised retired numbers and banners here, we'd be raising that polo to the locked-on Spartans rafters. It's Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. Stephen, how are we doing, man? Are we enjoying the offseason so far?
1: I love it. Uh, that, that was a heck of an intro. That might be the best one yet. Uh, I'm doing well, I man. Try. happy to be back on the show, as always. Um, kind of makes me feel like we're closer to football than we actually are. Uh, but today, specifically, a decent distraction uh, from some, you know, lawn care house maintenance stuff i gotta do so uh sure you know in the one sense you're holding me up from that but in another sense you're you're delaying my suffering so good on you
0: i'm here to hurt and i'm here to help at the same time that's just what we do at locked on spartan that's the
1: theme of the show isn't it that's what i thought we were uh, that's what i thought everyone's here for
0: speaking of like some help and some hurting like what's been helping just the morale around here is it is beautiful up in metro detroit i'm sure it's just great where you're at over there on your side of the state but, like, the hurtful slash helpful part is that, like, I just you know, was listening to the radio before this, and they brought up that college football is just over 100 days away. Like, it is our second beautiful day out here. Summer has not even started, and, like, we're already that close to fall already, man. So it's uh, a little dose of reality for us, how, how hard it's hitting here. I don't right. know if I like it.
1: Right. Once know. you get under that 100 days, it starts to feel real a little bit. The NFL mm-hmm. schedule is coming out, I think, this week. I know. Yeah. Um, before you know it, it's gonna be watched this season. Everyone's favorite point point in the summer. So uh we got some good stuff on the way, but uh I'm not I'm not I'm not in any hurry to wish it all the way uh just yet either.
0: That's the spirit. That's the spirit. Um and we also you know what here's a transition. Uh we also didn't want to wish away Amber Reinstein. All right, she was the uh head dietitian for Michigan State football. Uh head football performance dietitian was her official title, I should say. She announced on Twitter that uh she is leaving. And you know what? It's not every show that we start off by talking about the head dietitian of a football team. But hey, that's May college football content for you here, Stephen. But also, there's a bigger question to be asked. We don't have to get into the weeds of everything she did for Michigan State and everything, but we had a lot of departures here for Michigan State. Of course, we had the uh, the GM, if you will, Said Khalif. He left, uh, you know, it was kind of a... Not mutual parting of ways. So he was kind of asked to leave. Uh, contract re- not renewed is the best way to say it. Um, there's been some creative department people that have left not too long ago, and it just seems like a lot of people are leaving. And there are some fans that are a little on edge about this. Steven, is this something to actually worry about? Amber leaving to go to you know a different place, or is that just is that just showbiz baby? I mean, t- t- talk some of us down off a ledge here.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. I mean, you're talking about support staff behind the scenes type of people. Um, From what I understand uh, this thing with Amber has been sort of in motion for several weeks. uh, So it wasn't, you know, a huge surprise to folks over there today. Um, I think she'll be going closer to home. Uh, I believe North Carolina is is probably where she's going to be headed. Gotcha. um, From what I understand. So, um, you know, she's engaged, probably trying to start a family, do all, you know, just moving on with life and everything. So uh, yeah, I don't think, you know, especially like in that position or like the creative folks you mentioned, like I don't think on field performance and wins, losses, that type of stuff is really at the forefront of what they're doing. It's more about like, am I able to be impactful in my work? You know, am I able to pursue my passion and, and whatnot and and have an impact and feel appreciated and, and whatnot and be compensated appropriately? All those things. I don't think like, oh, man, you know, they missed a bowl last year. I got to get out of here. I don't think that factors sure. in those type of roles. Um but yeah, she did do a lot of great things for the program. Um, You know, of course everybody came to know her uh, after the Miami game, you know, and when they went down there to South Florida and and beat the hurricanes and that heat and, and just the, the pre planning that went into that when it came to uh, turning up the heat in the indoor in August and training camp and, and, and getting the guys in there, getting used to that, that temperature and uh, all the nutrition stuff with, with hydration and and keeping your body right there. Um, She was like, uh, you can't say unsung hero, I mean, because they, they held her up, rightfully so, as a yeah, as a right. legitimate hero, you know, <laughs> from that game. Yeah. So, um, And I know that uh, a lot of players had really, really tight relationships with her. So uh, I think you wish her the best, of course, and thank her for what she did for the program. But I don't think she's the only qualified person out there to feed a football team the proper way, sure. you know. <laughs> so, of course. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, I don't think any of these are necessarily connected. Um, I understand you throw them all in the one pot. And you say, oh, my gosh, you know, what is happening? But I think it's a bunch of isolated cases um, that just happened to sort of happen in sequential order there.
0: Yeah, no question. That kind of goes hand in hand with the creative department not too long ago. I know a lot of people love their work. And also, like, this is the other thing, too. I'm going to try to psychoanalyze a lot of fans because maybe this is why I maybe had a jerk reaction at the start. But um you know, like, th- there's a lot of things uh, that we were having fun with when we were g- doing this Peach Bowl season. That Miami win that you referenced, all right? Amber was, like, the MVP of that game. She made Michigan State look more prepared than Miami in their home uh arena or, or home stadium over there. And the creative part was so much cool stuff. And then, like, they're all leaving. It's like, uh, well, like, there are other jobs out there, guys. Creative, it just has a high turnover to begin with, like just career wise. Dietitian, I'm sure as well. But yeah, I mean, Mel, I think it's more about we know the type of person Mel's going to be looking for. Right. This isn't just going to be someone that gives him a bowl of peaches at halftime and a glass of water and says, good luck. Like, no, Mel is pretty in tune with nutrition and everything that he learned from his ways down at the SEC. So we know who it's uh, the type of person it's going to be. So good luck, Amber. Go get him. Thanks for everything that you've done here. Um Steven, before we cut to a, a little break here, hey, there was some breaking news not too long ago. Uh, we have not talked since then. Peyton Thorne and Keon Coleman both entered the transfer portal. I hate to keep talking about it, but it's still somehow, some way, like one of the top storylines here in East Lansing. Your thoughts when that happened, were you floored or were you like, eh, okay, that sound, sounds about right?
1: Um, at the In the moment, yes, definitely surprised. Just with the timing yeah. of it. And of course the names, um, now, you know, by the end of the night, by the time I went to bed, I've been able to round out the picture a little bit more and, and it made uh, a lot more sense. I'm sure you've talked about it on here. And, and sure. then oh, yeah. filled out that picture. So, but yeah, in, in the moment, yeah. I mean, I thought for both of I mean, I guess for both of them, really, if they were going to do it, it probably would have happened sooner a, a little bit, I guess. Um, I don't know exactly that their own personal timelines of when they reach those decisions and whatnot, but, uh, you know, when you're the starting quarterback, and from my understanding, Peyton came out of the spring in the lead in that battle, and obviously right. therefore would have gone into training camp with a lead. Not that it was over, but in the pole position, uh, you do that at the at the 11th hour. You know that that puts the program in a, in a tough spot. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he. I don't know exactly the degree to which he relayed that uh, internally, but I don't know if it was. A, I don't think it was a ton of uh, runway. You know, so that's 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 a bit. Um, That's not ideal, you know, and obviously Keon Coleman is the best player in the roster. You don't want to see that happen. But I've been hearing, you know, that that people had been trying to get in Keon's ear basically since he got here, Um, you know, and and Michigan State was able to ward him off pretty much every time. But so the fact that he would go in, though, and and see what was out there for him didn't really surprise me. Just in the moment, at the last second that the portal was open and everything, it seemed like, again, like for both guys, really, if it was going to happen – they probably might have done it sooner, I guess. I don't know what the motivations or logistics were of that exactly, but um, Keon wasn't as much of a surprise, I guess, just because, again, I'd heard that the teams were sort of circling him, and, look, that's just the world that we live in right now. You can yeah, you can cry course. foul on everything, but, uh, you know, what's it going to do for you? <laughs> and then,
0: it is what it is, right. <laughs> and we got more with Stephen Brooks on the way here in a hot second. Just need to talk your ear off about Built Bar gang just got inside from cutting the grass and let me tell you Everything in life is a breeze with Built. Whether it's a workout, whether it's a yard work I was just talking about, a round of golf, a day at the office, whatever it is, Built is going to power you through with the best tasting protein bar in the land, all wrapped in 100% real chocolate. They're soft, they're chewy, especially the Built Puffs. That's right, a protein-infused marshmallow, still wrapped in 100% real chocolate. You are going to love whatever flavor you decide, because when you bite into this, you're going to believe me when I say it tastes better than a candy bar. Most of these bad boys, just 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. Not gonna feel weighed down. You're only gonna feel the power with built. So, if you're at Walmart, if you're at Sam's Club, that's right, they got it there. Or also, hey, if you just like the old fashioned internet, built.com. That's right, Walmart, Sam's Club, or built.com. Go stock up on your built
1: bars. Initially, I thought. I still think the door is cracked. Initially, you know, my my confidence is lowering by the day. But yeah. so April thirtieth, they go in. You know, initially I thought MSU had a decent chance, semi realistic chance to hold on to him. Okay. Um, this isn't anything I've been told, but my gut was always like, if that's going to happen though, they got to lock him up like that first week, like before sure. he started taking visits. And we also, I'm sure that he went to Florida State last weekend. Uh, he's going to be visiting Ole Miss, I believe. Maybe it's today actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and other schools have been reported and, and talked about as maybe landing a visit from them. So I think it's really hard to go out on a tour, you know, like that and go see all these other schools and then come back home to the kids and the wife, man, you know, the rest of the world and everyone else is wooing you, you know, like that. Yeah. I find it hard to, to see them coming back necessarily, unless it's just, you know, an offer you can't refuse type of situation. But, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, I don't, you know, I thought if they were going to bring Keon back, I thought it probably had to get done before he, you know, quote-unquote left town, you know, um, and sort of saw the world. And so that's happening now, and I think it's harder now. So, like I said, my my and my and confidence with him decreases uh, by the day. And, uh, you know, there's no sugarcoat now. That's a big loss. Like I said, he's your best yeah. player on your roster, I think. He was the one thing, I thought, offensively, that this team could go into every game with this year and at least has a have a – something that you can hang your hat on, something that you know, you know, a guarantee type of thing. Like not that he was going to go for 100 yards and eight catches every game, but you knew that he was going to be a problem for every yeah. opponent. And that even you know, even if he was shut down most of the game, he was going to have that one catch to extend a drive, that one difficult, you know, second-level touchdown grab that you really, you know, whatever. But he was at least something that the offense could, could count on. And now you look at it, I don't think you have that on the offensive side. And that doesn't mean there's not guys waiting in the wings that we don't know about who could have great years, who could blow up and be be the next, you know, big thing here. Definitely possible. Definitely plausible. But as of right now, there's not um, I don't think there's one element of this offense where you go, okay, at least they can do that.
0: Yeah, no, no question about it. And we've also talked up and down about this quarterback battle here Uh, in the last few days, ever since, you know, Thorne did enter the transfer portal. But you know, this is crazy, Steven. I actually just learned this this morning. There, there's more than one position on the football team. This is crazy. Uh, and as MSU is going into the offseason here, uh, rumor has it there actually might be some more battles that we really haven't talked about here. So outside of the quarterback position for Michigan State, is there a position battle that you have your eye on the most? Or is it just like a small group that you all have tied for the lead, in your
1: opinion? Um. I guess I think corner is really interesting, yeah. you know, and that dovetails to the portal talk because they did just land Keon Stewart from um, TCU. Uh, I think that's a good pickup. You know, it's, yeah. can't, you know, I'm not throwing a parade for the guy yet, but he's played a lot of football at least. It's he's steps. not a total, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, flyer necessarily. He's experienced. He started a handful of games down there, um, done some decent things, been hurt a little bit, but mm-hmm. a guy who knows his way around college football and should be able to compete right away. Should be in your 2D probably right away. So that's you know probably about as good as you can ask for honestly. So I know there was um, an appetite back in the December portal uh, period to try to find a starting caliber corner. Yep. Much easier said than done, of course. Didn't happen then. Then they went and got uh, a Smith, a safety from Cincinnati earlier uh, in this period, and then then uh, Stewart, you know, fits that corner need. So I like what they're doing. It's 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 not like there's just ready-made starters hanging out in there. You know, but like I said, I do expect him to come right in right away and compete and be in the two deep at worst, raise the floor of that position. But but yeah, I don't know what that's gonna look like. I mean, I I still think Chuck Brantley has the edge just on his experience and whatnot. But <laughs> Dylan Tatum's a guy that I thought looked really promising, really intriguing in that Penn State game. And I think he had a good spring. Uh Caleb Coley is a guy I really liked coming out of high school and have heard good things about him when he's been healthy. Um got dinged up a little bit last year and, and that sort of set him back a bit, but this spring, I think he's a really interesting guy. Um, a day Willie, Samar Melvin from Wisconsin. Like, I think the uh, Marky Lowry, if he can stay healthy, you know, he's a guy that right. small, small bits in games, I think, has, has shown a little bit. I'd like to see more of it. It's just always got – it's always like a little nagging injury type of thing with him that, that sort of kept him out of it. Um, so what does that competition look like? And, and can anybody – can two emerge to give them something, right? I mean, that's still one of the major weaknesses on this team – um, new coaching, you know, coming in this year with Jim Salgado, sure. uh, all these different things. That's definitely one. Um, I think offensive tackle is one to watch as well, uh, with Brandon Baldwin competing. Uh, you know, can he hold off Keyshawn Blackstock at left tackle, or you know, is there a way Blackstock gets on the field and he's one of your best five? Is Baldwin a part of that? What does that all look like? Um, I think at right guard, Geno Vandemark probably pretty firmly, you know, some I don't know if I'd really even call that a battle yet. Okay. Um, I think he's firmly ahead there. And then running back, I mean, you could call it a battle, but I don't even think it matters because I think right. all those guys are yeah. going to play. You know, whether yeah. whoever gets the first snap, I don't really think matters that much, but Jalen Berger is going to play. Nathan Carter is going to play. I think Jaron Mangum's going to play a lot. I think Mangum is probably a guy that that was uh, coming into the season a little under, look, you know, under the mm-hmm. radar. I think he's going to have a decent chance to have a pretty big role, um, you know, in short yardage, goal line, that type of stuff, maybe more than that. So – that's there's something going on there in terms of guys you know battling it out but um i don't think it's super impactful about how the, how the final order goes because i think there's a bunch, i think all three of those guys are good players i don't know if any of them are stars or you know true difference makers um and then you look at receiver and you know pre-key on departure it was who's gonna be the number three now it's like who's gonna be blow it the, off blow it off. Hang out yeah with Trey Mosley, yeah and that starting group yeah can be around him but um, to circle a back corner, I think, is the most pressing and most interesting, probably, in terms of, uh, you know, this team's ceiling and floor.
0: And I, I want to keep it to receivers right there, because just like you mentioned, you know, our Smith from Cincinnati, the safety, they got him out of the portal. Keon Stewart, defensive back, got him out of the portal. And that's why I've been screaming up and down until I turned blue in the face, like just get secondary depth. Okay, they got two guys now, and they have like less than a handful of scholarships still left to use in this uh, portal window for the spring here. Where do you want to see them go next? Because for me, I'm like, well, wide receiver seems to make sense. And I think it makes sense with the program as well. They've had Tyler Harrell on campus. He's uh, from Alabama by way of Louisville. Uh, A.J. Henning has been a name attached, although that seems to be kind of, you know, waning going towards Evanston. Now, last uh, I heard the rumors, but do you think a receiver is like needed for this? Or do you think that'd be more of a luxury piece in your opinion?
1: I think the right guy, yeah, you know, the right type of player would be a need, um, definitely. Okay. You know, because I as, mu- as, as much as I, I like Trey Mosley, I think he's a really good player, but Same. to me, he's just he's such like a textbook number two in so many ways. Right. I don't think he's a guy that you go into in the go into a given week in the game plan is like, oh man, we got to stop seventeen. He's going to kill it. You know. Correct. It's, it's you know he's a very very good complementary player. We've seen that throughout his career. He's reliable. You know he's going to run the right route. You know he's I love catch him. The ball. Yeah. By effort, by he'll block all these, you know, but he's just, he's just not a game record type of player with all due respect. So yeah, if you can find somebody that gives you a little bit more of that element, um, even if it's only in one type of way, you know, if it's just an underneath catch and run guy that, you know, can make something happen or yeah. somebody who's just a straight line, deep threat, but at least he can give you that, you know, big play potential, something, I, I think uh, some more juice to that room is necessary. So yeah, I do expect them fully to add at least one portal receiver, maybe two. Um, they've been involved with quite a few. Um, Jade Smith is a guy from Grand Valley, um, Shaker Heights, right. Ohio, originally, where Avery Dunn's from. Grand Valley, though, 6'4 kid who's in the portal, has all sorts of interests. Um, I know he was on a visit to AM. I know MSU has offered him. So uh maybe two if they can get him. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that's a need now at this point. Cause and I think you're kind of looking at a whole room full of guys who are kind of like that number two complementary type of player, you know? Sure. On that, individually, I like a lot of those guys. I mean, I'm interested in Montori Foster, you know, Tyrell Henry, Antonio Gates, Jeron Glover, that class of guys. Like all three of them, I think they could all be good players. But are any of them dominant, number one, thousand-yard receiver, 10-touchdown type of guys? I'm just not sure about that yet. Maybe yeah. Gates one day, you know, I actually did just hear last night that he had a really good uh, year last year on scout team and that, you know, some people think he can be a really – really, really productive player in the future once it all, you know, pans out for him. But uh gotcha. Right now, I think they need some help there and, and I I would say it's a need and I expect them to address it. I always feel so
0: conflicted to talk about Trey Mosley because like I, I like to anoint myself as just the president of his fan club. I love Mr. Reliable, but then like He's not going to take the top off of the defense, right? Like, I don't know how much of a jump off threat he's going to be in the end zone. Like, he is a, a master at what he did in his role last year as, like, that third guy, slot guy, third down receiver guy. But, yeah, man, it's it's one thing to, like, have a battle for wide receiver number three. And then, well, okay, your other guy leaves for the portal. And it is almost just like, uh, let's just lay the dynamite everywhere, blow this up, and everyone start from scratch. We need a one, two, and a three right here. So, good luck to anyone uh, and everyone. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Steven, yeah. I got to circle back, though. I, I can't let you off without talking more about quarterbacks. Like, who's going to be throwing these guys the ball in the first place? Uh, is it is it going to be Ken? Is it going to be Hauser? Are they going to go in the portal? Are they going to get uh, – who's the guy that just uh, left Auburn? Oh, God, I just had his name at the tip of my tongue, whatever. They, they're they not looking for a quarterback, are they? Like, they are pretty set, it's going to be one of these two guys, I guess is the, the short way of
1: asking this question. That's that's my expectation right now. Um, any you know that'd be a surprise. I think at this point, I wouldn't okay. really understand um, the logic behind going to get another one. Uh, you know, you know I, I guess on paper, look, hey, c- could we get a guy with twenty starts under his belt to come be in a, a veteran backup or something? Sure, but again, that's kind of a you know a wish list situation that, that's not always available in the portal. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, if if it's me, like. Why if if the, whoever wins the battle goes down? Why wouldn't you want that next guy taking those reps, you know, and, and getting some experience? Because neither of them, ha- you know, 20 passes I think it is between them, between Kim and Hauser, five career or at least last year five games between them. Right. So you know, what probably less than 10 drives, you know, between them. So, uh, I do expect it to be one of those two. I would think Noah Kim goes in, um, you know, just not with a slight hair ahead of him, which just because of the experience. Because he was last year's backup, because he has played in those games, but I think it'll absolutely be up for grabs if Caden Hauser shows up and, and dominates training camp, um, or Noah okay whoever. I mean, it'll be up uh, for them to win in camp. I wouldn't be stunned, especially with the nature of the schedule, when you've got Central Michigan and Richmond. With all due respect, you know, if we don't, I wouldn't be stunned to see a little bit of a, a JJ McCarthy, Cade McNamara, you know, okay. uh, remix where they where they play it out through the regular season a little bit and see what happens there. Um, yeah. I don't think we're really close necessarily to any answers. I think there's going to be a lot of evaluation that has to happen in training camp now, because like I said, I mean, internally um, Thorne was viewed in the top position coming out of spring. Um, not so far that he couldn't be unseated of course, but um, it wasn't either of these guys, you know, that, that were considered the leader. So uh it'll be up for grabs. It'll be interesting to see. Um, but I, I don't, I just, I wouldn't see the logic in bringing in an older QB at this point. Cause like I said, if one of those guys gets, goes hurt, gets hurt or isn't the answer like why wouldn't you want to turn to these other guys that you already have and give them their shot um to develop and grow and I mean and that even includes Sam Levitt if it came down to yeah, it, yeah sure like, you've recruited Sam Levitt you've recruited Kate Hauser like you why would you put why would you bring in a stopgap over them you know and, and sort of delay their development I just don't see the point in it and in all honesty like as I always say like if you get that far down your QB uh, depth chart your season's gone to hell anyway So Uh, (laughs) we might as well just give some guys some experience, right?
0: Right. No, I I don't hate that. Yeah, that is like the massive silver lining here for us State fans. It's like, okay, well – Prepare for the even if it's not a great season, you know valuable reps for Kim, who still has some years plural of eligibility, and then Hauser as well. Obviously, he's got all sorts of eligibility left, so that's some sort of line in there. Uh, there. Really quick before the last question here, TJ Finley was the quarterback's name I was thinking of. I, I thought of it just as you started talking, so that was going to hmm. keep me up the rest of the night. He was at um, MC State, I think at one point too, man. I think it was. I think he's been to fifteen different programs, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Here, well traveled, yeah, uh, uh, the journeyman of college, um, Steve. I, I, I've I've been in a good mood. How, how have you been so far this conversation? How, let's get a vibe check before. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Okay, I hope everyone I else is doing well. It's about to go, anyway. go down
1: uh, somehow. It's somehow. about to go
0: way down. Actually, we're about to smash that elevator button. We're actually going to cut the cord of the elevator button, and we are going to plummet down here because. Uh, well, I, I, I hate to bring up a sponsor's name after saying it's about to get really sad here, but FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Uh, they have come out with some lines for these games that are more than 100 days away here, and there are three Michigan State games that they have spreads for right now. Stephen, I'm about to name you all three of these spreads, and you got to pick one that you have uh, just a, a, a hunch on for for uh, our Michigan State Spartans here. Home sure. versus Washington, Stephen. Uh, actually, do, do you know do you know any of these spreads?
1: I don't know. I thought we were doing. I thought we were doing season over under. That's the only thing I've seen. So 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 hit me.
0: I lied to you. Uh, it ends up they don't have the MSU season total yet. Once that happens, we will do it. So first and foremost, I apologize. I'm putting you on the spot right here. Uh, no do you want to try to guess the spreads here? Do you want to try to guess the spreads of these games? Ah,
1: uh, sure. Yeah, it's been a while since I looked like an idiot. Yeah, I'm horrible at this, but let's do it.
0: Dude, if you had me spreads, I would have been off by a smooth ten points on some of these. So you can't do worse than I will. I, I will preface it with that. The Washington game at home. What do you think the spread is for that one?
1: Oh man.
0: Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's not Michigan State favored. I'll give you a small hint there. That's really? A-
1: See, I thought MSU might be a small favorite. Just based, on you know, <sighs> um, I know mass. there's a lot of hype about Washington, and, and I I buy it. Um, last year, I looked like a fool saying downplaying Washington and how I didn't think they were that good, but. Bright now I'm a fully reverse course. I think they're very, very good. They're I think very they good. They have a, a roster and an offense that uh, is is going to be salt in the wound, you know, for Michigan State defense. But uh, well, in that case, give me um, Washington minus. See, I'm so far out of gambling mode now. Washington uh, gotcha. minus three and a half.
0: Steven, I hope you're sitting down for this because my eyes almost popped out of my head when I saw this. It's 10.5 for for, for Washington. Away favorites by 10.5. Now, I think it was 7.5 before Thorne and Keon Coleman left for the portal. So, like, that's a three point swing right there. But 10.5 home underdogs against Washington is what FanDuel is saying. If you think highly of our Spartans, everyone sprint. Do not walk to FanDuel and go place a wager on that right now. Now, home versus Michigan. Do you have a spread guess for this one? Because this is the one. a small tear almost came from my eye. Uh, yeah, when I it saw was, so.
1: Washington's that much. I mean, I'm probably gonna overcorrect yeah. here, but first popped into my head is minus 21 and a half,
0: not far off at all. Actually, 19 and a half, mm-hmm. 19 and a half. My guess, like, I, I'm hand to God, like, I saw I, I was gonna be like eight and a half, you know, like, oh, rivalry game, we play him close, yada yada. Mm-hmm. Nineteen and a half nope. at Holmes. Oh, nope, negative. <laughs> oh, so the last uh, one that Angel has. I
1: still can't believe it. A 10, uh, eight and a half would have felt like huge, I feel like. I
0: Something know. like
1: that, but wow. Wow, I know,
0: man. I know, I know. And like so I'm I'm conflicted between like do I sprint to bet on Michigan State because ten and a half is a lot of points at home early in the season, all that fun stuff, or does Vegas actually know what they're talking about? And am I going to deposit even more money into FanDuel? But stay tuned to find out, everyone. Uh the last spread was at Ohio State. <sighs> No. Of course they have this game. Like, they don't have any like close games for us. That's yeah. So At Ohio State this year, what is Michigan State's underdog number here? That's another hint. We're underdogs this game.
1: Oh, wow. Dang. I know. That helps a lot. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, you're welcome.
1: Smaller or bigger number than the Michigan game, at least? I want one hand. It's bigger. It's bigger. Okay. Uh, it's bigger. Uh, 22 and a half. My, Ohio State minus 22 and a half.
0: 24 and a half, not, not far off whatsoever. So, yeah, it's, it's so there we are home against Washington, plus 10 and a half, home against Michigan, plus 19 and a half, away at the horseshoe, plus 24 and a half. If I give you a $10 bill and said you have to bet one of these games, whether you like it or not, you get the points too. What, what, what are you going to go with? Because for me, I, f- screw it. I'll, I'll just fall into the Washington trap. I'll, I'll just put money on that.
1: Give me the dogs uh, laying the points. Um, I think the Washington game, I think. Of those three, could be the biggest. I don't. I don't have much faith in Michigan State putting up a fight there. I'll be, you know, okay. And maybe I'm maybe I'm overcorrecting because I was so lukewarm on Washington last year. But I mean, they I got two thousand yard receivers back. Jeremy yep. Bernard, Jalen Polk, who had a big game against yep. MSU. We know Michael Penix. Like, and what's the last thing Michigan State wants to see is a high flying passing offense with four or five different options. You know, uh, I think I think that could be the biggest spread like final margin of victory of those okay. games. We know the Michigan gotcha. game would probably end up close-ish somehow, or at least is more likely to. Ohio State down there could be a bloodbath. But I think early <sighs> on in the season, MSU is still trying to figure some stuff out. Maybe that corner battle is still being, you know, still unwinding there. Um, I could see Washington coming in here and putting up a number. And okay. And then, you know, in October, MSU maybe stabilizes, figures some things out, plays Michigan tight or whatever. Uh, but Ohio State, you know. I don't, I, I think right. in order of biggest potential blowups, Washington would be one, I think Ohio state
0: two, Michigan three. I, you know, you, you just talked me out of uh, betting on Michigan state plus 10 and a half. So thank you for the money saved right there. But yeah, I'm going to need to see Michigan state not lose by 80 points against Ohio state. One of these times before I actually bet money on it. Uh, and right. that's, uh, Hey, if it's this year, great. You know, if, if they cover this year, you know what, screw it. That's a moral victory. I, I'll, I will take a moral victory or two this fall, but, uh, yeah, not going to be doing that one, but
1: all right, Hope right. Uh, I'd say stay Sorry. alert with the Washington number, because I mean, if it's one of those Mark D'Antonio season openers against central and it's 28, th- 21, 13, you know, and it's, it's sure. just super uninspiring and and boring and, and <laughs> grueling, see what you can get there. You know, maybe you can get, maybe you can get a better number in your favor or whatever, but, uh, Maybe they've come out 45-3, to three, you know, and then it, it, and then it shifts the other way. But um, yeah. I would say stay alert on Washington. But, man, yeah, right now I'm thinking even them coming all the way across the country, uh, I, I think Washington's going to roll that game. I think it's going to be too early for MSU. And they're going gonna to have too many weapons in that passing game.
0: Well, hope everyone's in a good mood now because uh, that's the end of our show. That's how we're going to end it on that note. So <laughs> there we go, Stephen. All right, You're folks. <laughs> yep <laughs> so long until next time no uh, anything you want to uh, preach to the fine people anything you want to plug or, or say uh floor, floor is yours my good friend uh no just
1: i mean well yeah i guess i do so thanks for thanks to you for having me on again of course um thanks Love to everybody for on. listening and uh if you like what we do uh head to SpartanTailgate.com and sign up as a vip member and uh it's a great way to show your support um we always have sales going pretty regularly and um We think it'll be worth it. Uh, Official visits coming up, recruiting camps coming up, training camp coming up, not that far, you know, Um, go ahead and lock yourself in and and join us for the ride uh, is what I would say.
0: There we go bada bing bada boom well steven always love having you on my man and thank you for everyone that watched everyone that listen. always love you guys as well go enjoy the rest of your day we still have more fun shows we're going to be joined with zach be a vlog on auburn for tomorrow there's going to be some important news with akins or hogard because well the combine list is coming out soon they got to enter the transfer portal window by thursday if they want to enter and then we also got a nice little fun football player interview later on that i'm going to keep teasing and not say the name until it actually happens because i don't want to jinx anything all right love you all go green